This is the Black and Blue Report presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. Now from Studio B or wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome into the Black and Blue Report podcast where we'll talk Saints and Pelicans today, midweek on a beautiful day in New Orleans. I'm Sean Kelly. So glad that you're with us today. So glad that you've made a, what we call no, appoint, no Appointment Radio a part of your uh, your Pelicans and Saints week. It's a great week so far for both teams. We hope it continues as the Pelicans host the Toronto Raptors tonight at the Smoothie King Center. It's Superhero Night. I have a feeling we'll see some costumes. Uh, I think there'll be some great timeout uh, entertainment as well with that kind of a theme going on. And I'm hoping for a sweep of the homestand here for the Pelicans as well. Sean Payton on the New Orleans Saints side started off the new week with his uh, media conference call earlier today. He is stressing to his team right now not to listen to all the noise. That's good noise, but all the noise surrounding the New Orleans Saints as they begin preparations now for the 4-5 and five Washington Redskins. Saints will be back on the practice field today, full go. And uh, John DeShazer and I will have a, a complete report for you on NewOrleansSaints.com later on today. And uh, we're going to talk football today with Brian Baldinger on this podcast. Baldy uh, has been doing some Baldy breakdowns. I'll I'll have him explain what that is when he visits with us here in just a moment. But uh, after seeing the Saints last weekend, he'll see the Saints again this weekend. He's done a few here for the Saints this week uh, that are worth watching. And if you haven't uh, gotten a hold of his Twitter account, go ahead and do so. Whether it's the Saints or not, he has some good stuff during the week. But we're very pleased to have him on our show today. He's going to give us some insight as to what he saw this past Sunday and uh, perhaps what will transpire with the Saints and Redskins this coming Sunday at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. And here on a Wednesday, David Wesley, a Wesley Wednesday. No coffee shop this time. We're home. (laughs) So David will join us here on the phone uh, before it's all said and done, and we'll have a nice visit with him on a couple of different topics. Uh, good and bad because obviously things are good right now the pelicans are winning they're above 500 they have a chance to sweep the homestand but there are some red flags there are some things that need to be cleaned up and I, I'm, I'm eager to get his insight on those so we've got two great guests i won't fool around any longer we'll take our first break and when we come back we'll go nfl first with brian baldinger and then second david wesley here on this wednesday What is big? Big is Drew Holiday. Red hot from the perimeter and ice at the foul line. Big is DeMarcus Cousins, a 6'11 defensive flamethrower that vaporizes man-on-man coverage. Big is Anthony Davis, a laser-guided missile of athleticism aimed at the rim. Come see the Pels battle Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony, and Paul George of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Monday, November 20th. Visit pelicans.com for tickets. New Orleans Pelicans. Do it big. Boom! Now Uber takes you couch to courtside at the tap of a button. Heading to a Pelicans game, Uber helps you pass on the parking and focus on the fun. And if you're still an Uber rookie, you can get $20 off your first ride with code PELICANS18. Uber, a proud partner of your New Orleans Pelicans. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. 
Our next guest on the Black and Blue Report went to Duke, so that means he's way smarter than me. But Brian Baldinger, of course, former NFL offensive lineman, works for the NFL Network, covers college football for FS1 and Fox, and also is on the national weekly radio broadcast of the NFL for Compass Media. He's kind enough to join us, uh, primarily because he's had a very good look at the Saints as he had their game this past weekend, and we'll have him again this weekend at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome against the Washington Redskins. Baldy, great to talk to you. And so glad we could get you here on this Wednesday. Thanks a lot, Sean. It's good to be with you, buddy, man. I'm looking forward to working you with you next weekend, wherever we're going to be, somewhere in the Midwest, I think. Somewhere. I think we'll see a, probably a decent quarterback, possibly, in college football. I'm yep. excited about that, yes. Um, and, and actually, yep. I probably will have to ask you at some point next week, uh, perhaps which one of those guys translates to the next level in the NFL. And I guess I'm referring to Mason Rudolph more than anybody else out of the teams that we'll see. But um, – that will have to wait till next week. Give me, you know, it's interesting. Well, well, go ahead, bro. I'm sorry, Brian. No, no, no. I mean, Mason Rudolph's a good player, man, really good player. And uh, he proved the last week in a big comeback win against Iowa State. Not an easy place to go place names, but he, he was really good down the stretch. And he's going to draw a lot of attention. Big, strong kid, man. And uh, I saw him actually flip a defensive end on a reverse. I haven't seen a quarterback actually de-cleat a defensive end in my lifetime. But it was pretty impressive. Did it make a baldy breakdown? It actually did make a baldy breakdown. <laughs> yeah, I added, uh, I added that to Mason Rudolph, Mason to Rudolph. So, uh, anyways, he's out there right now in some, some uh, never never land of the uh, of the Twitter world. You know, it's interesting. I I think, by the way, friends, if you don't follow Brian Baldinger on Twitter, you need to primarily because you'll get the baldy breakdowns each week. You must lock yourself in at NFL Films, Baldy. And and just start ripping plays off of the off the computer and breaking them down. It's fantastic stuff. When did you start doing that? I started doing it this year. You know, I I come. You know, we're both going through airports. We're at stadiums. We're at games. And you know, I just feel like fans. If and there's no offense to any anything put on NFL Network or any pregame shows. I just think there's so much that fans want to hear about and see and. They're so interested in their teams that they get such limited coverage and really limited analysis out there, Sean. I just thought I would take plays and I'd do a couple things with them. I would show play design. You know, you, you look at what Sean McVay is doing in Los Angeles, terrific. I'd take a look at individual players and, um, and just how good they are you know, at the Tom Brady's and Drew Brees of the world and just how easy they make it look but how difficult it is. And then, you know, just get inside the game. You know, why are teams struggling? Why are the Giants struggling? What's wrong with them? Why, why, are, why is Jacksonville, why is their defense the number one rated defense in football? How do the Saints become a top ten defense? And then I just started trying to give just deeper and better analysis. And the only way you can really do it is if you slow the game down and you really give them what the coaches are studying and what the players are studying each week. And I just figured, let's try it, see if it gets some traction and, it's, it's, it's kind of gone viral here, and fans really look forward to seeing these breakdowns on Monday and Tuesday. Baldy, a lot of fans, and, and to their credit, they kind of get geeked out on this stuff, and I love that. And they'll yeah. ask questions like, hey, should I be watching the All-22, or should I get the up-end-zone cam or the TV shot? What is the best way to break down or at least figure out why something's happening as far as camera angles go? Well, I mean, you can show, you can watch the All-22, but if you really don't understand coverage, if you don't really understand protection, if you don't understand 
what a weakness is on a team and why a team is doing certain things to protect that weakness or to hide it or mask it, then, you know, you may not really see uh, the intent of why teams do certain things, why they play certain coverages and why they slide protect versus, you know, a block one-on-one up front. I mean, all those different things. So you can watch it, but it's, it, it helps if you have somebody kind of guiding you through it and really what you're studying, what you're looking for. And that's where I think my commentary in little 40 to 45 second sound bites can kind of help out, you know, the average viewer or the fan that's trying to become a little bit more advanced in their understanding of the game. You had a couple baldy breakdowns on the Saints this week. What have you learned about the black and gold right now? Well, you know, I, I think a couple things. I saw Mike Nolan up in the press box. Mike Nolan was a new addition this year. And if you look at just their linebacking core, I mean, it's easy to look at Marshawn Lattimore. My mother can scout Marshawn Lattimore. I mean, he's just a phenomenal addition. And he's a real candidate for rookie of the year. Offense, defense, whatever you want to put the category you want to put in. He's just that good. But if you look at Mike Nolan, what he's doing, these linebackers, Craig Robertson, A.J. Klein, Manti Teo, I mean, they're all kind of castaways from someplace else. But Mike Nolan has really molded this group. And if you look at a guy like A.J. Klein, middle linebacker, and, and what he's doing here, you know, he comes from Carolina. And, you know, you're around Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis every single day for a couple of years. That stuff is going to rub off on you. How to lead, how to, you know, how to change, you know, how to be the commander of the defense. He's done all of that. So I think that Mike's done a good job with the linebackers. Obviously, the secondary isn't breaking down this year. The ball isn't flying over their head. They're much tighter. Marcus Williams and Marshawn Lattimore have been great additions. Um, you know, and then the front, you know, somebody at some point is going to realize Sheldon Rankins is just a really good player. And he probably needs to get a whole lot more attention than he gets because he does a lot of dirty work. It's easy to watch Cam Jordan and Alex Okafor get after quarterbacks. But Daniel Onyemata, I mean, this is a, this is a, it's a complete difference from what we've seen in the Saints over the last four or five years. I mean, this is a legitimate defense. Um, they have been tested by Detroit and some teams, but by and large, they, they've, been, they've been pretty good, and they completely took Buffalo out of the game last week. Brian, you were at that game in Buffalo. When was the last time you saw an offense do what New Orleans did to Buffalo last weekend with that rushing game? Well, you know, they ran it 24 times in a row, and at some point I think they'd run 14 in a row, and Drew dropped back to pass from around the seven, and, you know, he didn't like what he saw, and, Teron Arbistead threw an unbelievable block on the outside, and he ran in for the touchdown. It was supposed to be a pass. He changed it, you know, and he just scrambled it. I don't think he wanted to run at all. I think he wanted to throw it. He just didn't want to make a mistake at that point, put the game on ice. But, you know, you run the ball 24 times in a row. In this league, if you want to stop the run, you can stop the run. I mean, you want to take every single player and just gap up, you know, any offense. You could do it. And even when Buffalo was trying to do it, they still couldn't stop them. And it's a credit to Drew and – getting into the right play, right formation. It's a credit to Sean Payton with all the misdirection that he uses and the, the motions and what that's doing to defenses right now. It's pretty advanced. And then, you know, just to watch the one-two punch right now, that is Ingram and, and uh, Kamara. I mean, it's, it's, it's a great one-two punch. It's as good as they're in the league right now. And uh, this Alvin Kamara, we're just beginning to see, you know, the beginning of this guy's talent. It's crazy to watch. Uh, you know, but I, I have a feeling, though, Baldy, that – Sean Payton and his staff still picking at something. What do you think they're picking at right now with this football team where they might be able to improve? Well, I mean, I, I think that, you know, they, they really haven't been trying to get the big 
chunk explosive plays. They just haven't needed to do it. But I can still see them designing those type of play action deep shots. I, I think that's one. I think special teams, they could still be better. And I think every team can always tackle better in this league. So I, I just think, you know, you, you detail your business and you keep detailing it. And you still, the, the communication in the secondary, you got a lot of young players, Lattimore, Williams, you got Raphael Bush has come back. I mean, communication is paramount, especially on the road. Um, you know, I mean, Buffalo, they took the crowd out of it pretty early, so you didn't get a real effect. But, you know, they're going to play in January this year, and they may have to go on the road in January. And you, you make a mistake in the secondary against good quarterbacks in this league at seven points. So I think young guys are a little reticent to really speak up and really be hurt. And so I think communication, the way that they communicate, can always get better. That's a good point. Uh, you mentioned playing in January. Look, Baldy, I, I work here, so I'm awfully close to it, probably too close to it sometimes. So give me give me an objective thought here about whether or not this Saints team is as real as fans want it to be right now. Well, I mean, I think right now, you you know, they could beat you two ways. I mean, Drew Brees is, is playing as good as he's ever played. I mean, he's completing the highest percentage of passes he's ever completed. Um you know, he's going to be 39 on January 15th. They may still be very much alive on January 15th this year. Um, he's going to play into his 40s for sure. It's, they, can, they can run the ball down your throat, and they can carve you up in the passing game. The offensive line is, on, you know, is really, in, I think, an underrated part of this whole game. Ryan Ramchek is filled in at Zach Street. He's playing well. Um, I think they've got some depth there. Ron Armstead is a great athlete. Max Unger keeps it all together. I mean, the offense line is real. And when you got a quarterback like Drew, a coach like Sean, and then defensively you're making improvements, they are. I mean, they're a legitimate NFC contender right now. And are they better than the Rams or the Eagles or the Panthers now that, you know, Cam is healthy and running the football or Minnesota Vikings in a, you know, a, a really good defense? I mean, those are all really good teams, but I can't really say right now that any one of those five teams I just mentioned is better than the other team. Because uh, there's still a lot of football to be played. We've got to look at the health. We've got to look at who's going to take the next jump in this whole thing. But the Saints are right there in the mix with all those other teams. Uh, you're right about one thing. Long way to go, and it starts with Washington this weekend. You'll have the game on Compass uh, with Chris Carino, our good friend. Baldy, I don't know if you had a chance yet to, to start to drill down on this weekend's matchup, but what can you tell us about 4-5 and five Washington? Well, you know, they, they went to Seattle two weeks ago and they beat the Seahawks, you know, with the 12th man and everything else. And Kirk Cousins made some throws at the end of that game that not many quarterbacks would try to make and not many quarterbacks could make. Um, they have been playing with maybe the most shorthanded roster due to injuries. They just lost two more players. Uh, their second middle linebacker just went on IR. Their starting running back just went on IR. But they are getting back some linemen. I mean, I think we'll see Trent Williams this weekend. We may see Brandon Sheriff this weekend. Um, if that offense line can get back to health, this offense can be really, really good. Because if you can, if you can block them up up front and protect, you know, Kirk Cousins and get enough out of the running game right now, um, they could be a very good offense. So they're, they're a scrappy bunch. All you have to do is just turn on that Seattle game. I mean, you know, that's a, that's a scrappy bunch up there in Seattle. They had him 10 to 2 deep into the fourth quarter, ended up winning it down the stretch on Kirk Cousins. So never count the Redskins out. When you go to Seattle and win, you can go anywhere and win. Uh, you're not kidding about that. 
Baldy, I really appreciate it. I know your schedule is just absolutely chaotic this time of year. I'm eager to see you on Sunday and then work with you next week. It'll be great. Sounds good, Sean. I look forward to it, buddy. I can't wait to get to NOLA, man. Um, you know, it's going to be an exciting uh, afternoon inside that, uh, that Dome Stadium. I have a lot of fond memories playing in that building, and uh, it always brings back good memories every time I get there. Yeah, it, the turf's a little better now, Baldy, than when you played. At least it's not concrete anymore. <laughs> Yeah, my knees feel like concrete right now because of that. But that's okay. No whining for me. Good stuff. Brian Baldinger, of course, Nashville broadcast this weekend. Don't forget, follow him on Twitter. Check out these Baldy breakdowns. They're fantastic. Brian Baldinger. Uh, We'll continue with David Wesley here. We'll talk some Pelicans in just a moment. In 1907, Dixie Beer was a balanced, refreshing lager, brewed with love and top-quality ingredients, it would grow to become something that connected us. The neighborhood beer of every New Orleans neighborhood. And now, Dixie is back to that 1907 recipe. Original and reinvented, just like its hometown. Visit DixieBeer.com to learn more. And always drink Dixie responsibly. Dixie Brewing Company, New Orleans, Louisiana. This Pelican season, the entire family can do it big with a Pierre's Party Pack presented by Cheetos Popcorn. Pelican ticket packages are available for select home games and include three or more tickets, combo meals including Cheetos Popcorn, and an on-court free throw experience with Pierre the Pelican, all for as low as $54. The next Pierre's Party Pack night is November 22nd against the San Antonio Spurs. For more information and to plan your next big night out with the gang, visit pelicans.com today. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. Let's flip the page over to the Pelicans who are home tonight against the Toronto Raptors. It is a Wednesday, which means it's a Wesley Wednesday. It's a little weird for David and I not to be in some coffee shop somewhere in the country. Uh, I guess that means, A, good to be on a homestand, David Wesley. B, I kind of miss our coffee this morning together. Well, I tried to get you to coffee you don't want coffee. I don't know what your problem is this morning, but uh, it is good to be home on a homestand, and uh, we'll have to get coffee next week. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, it is Superheroes Night at the Smoothie King Center uh, as the Pelicans take on the Raptors. David, are you a superhero guy? Do you get into that? Did you have a favorite as a, as a, as a youngster? Um, I'm not into it per se as a youngster. Uh, the Incredible Hulk was my guy. Um, I loved, uh, you know, him being green and, and superhuman at times, but human in the same. So, um, I, I, you know, I like Superman, I like Spider-Man, uh, but I can't say that I'm into it like that. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yep. Did you dress up as the Incredible Hulk at some point? I did not. You know, I grew up from, uh, from, uh, you know, I, I didn't. I didn't have the money to go out and and get the the costume. I was more of the costume around the house kind of guy. Uh huh. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I'm. You know, familiar. Yep. You know, just just figure it out as you go along and make it work. So, uh, never colored myself green and and went down that road either. So. Oh, you know, it's a hassle. Then, you know, the makeup gets all over the place, and then mom gets mad at you, and then the sheets are messed up, and you know, it. You know, it just. It's tough being the Hulk. Exactly. <laughs> and then I'm kicked out of the house. I'm homeless. On and on. 
see how it snowballs from there. I mean, I'm, maybe, maybe, maybe we should, maybe we should be careful about Superheroes Night. It's just, it's just a gateway to bigger problems. It sounds like. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we need you a PSA on that. The gateway. Yes. Hey, I tell you what, though, we've we've seen kind of superhero performances out of uh, the Pelicans, specifically with Cousins and Davis here of late. David, how sustainable is this? One, their their performances. And two, the fact that the Pelicans, who've won four of their last five, have kind of done it in in somewhat green, ugly fashion, to use our Hulk reference. Well, I, I think you're right. And the difference, I think, in this year and, and last year is when the Pelicans played ugly last year, they lost. This year, they're playing ugly. They have a lot of turnovers, and they're still finding a way to be on top at the end. And... At the end of the day, that's most important. Certainly, this is still early in the season, and they're still working out some kinks. So while they're working out kinks, while they're waiting on Rondo to kind of get back and settle that down some, they're still able to get wins. They're still over the 500 mark. So I think they're in good shape, but they have a long way to go when it comes to cleaning up some of their issues, especially some of the passes they make some of the decisions they're making. Uh, but I think that will come in time, and I certainly think Rondo will help that when he starts seeing his regular minutes as opposed to having the limitations he has right now. I, I think they're in a, in a good spot. Here's a good opportunity tonight playing Toronto where, you know, this is, how you, this is where you see kind of where you are. Better team, playing good. They took... Boston to the wire. They beat Houston. Um, so this team can play. And, and when you think about them playing Toronto in Toronto, all their numbers, I mean, they shot over 50% from the field, over 40% from three points, 31 assists and just 14 turnovers. That's a, that, They gave themselves a chance that night. They yeah. just got beat by a team that did it better down the stretch. So, um, do that again, finish better, and hopefully they come out with a win tonight. Okay. Hey, put yourself on the floor for me, okay? So you're on the floor, you're one of the five, and try and help me understand what the difference between what I've been watching through the first 13 games will be as opposed to the next 13 with Rajon Rondo now with you on the floor. Well, it's 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 funny uh I think one player can change 20, uh, 20 turnovers, but he can. Uh, when I coached in the D-League and Antonio Daniels got called up to the, to the NBA, I want to say it was Washington, I could be wrong, but he gets called up and our turnovers go from that, that average of 13 or 14 to 19 or 20. Just one guy getting out of the lineup. I think he will solve some of that turnover issue, um, there will be a better flow. Um, you saw him, the, the, the passes that he makes, and I was having this conversation, um, and I can't remember with who, but there are certain things that some guys just see. There are plays that aren't there. I couldn't see them. But I played with Kenny Anderson. He saw them. I'd go back and watch film. And I'm still wondering, why would you even throw that pass? And it'd be on the money, it'd be a layup or dunk. Sherman Douglas, same thing. He just saw it. 
that's what Rondo has. He just sees it. I mean, that's stuff you can't teach. And he's going to make plays that most people can't make, as well as, you know, he's working really hard on his jump shot. It looks so much better. He's, starting to, he's got to get confidence in shooting the ball with that much arc. But I think he's going to be a big help for this team. And, you know, this team could take off. They need a nice little run, you know, where, you know, they run off seven, you know, seven out of ten wins. That'd be nice. Yeah. Um, I, I want to get to that. You know what? I'm just going to get to it right now. Toronto tonight on the road to Denver, which won't be easy on Friday. By the time that we visit again, we'll be talking about the Pelicans and the Spurs the night before Thanksgiving. David, come Thanksgiving morning when we are getting ready for the big meal and all that, and we've, we've now gone through the stretch that includes teams like Denver, like San Antonio, two times against Toronto now here in the last in the last week. David, are we going to know the reality of this Pelicans team, or is it still too early? I think we'll get a, a, a sense. You know, you don't want to say just because they lost to Denver and Toronto early in the season, oh, well, they just can't beat those kind of teams. Sometimes early in the season – scheduling, there are certain factors that go into why you win, why you lose. I think this is an important game because they are a good team and you want to say to yourself and you want to have that confidence we are beating the good teams as well and especially at home. They, they've got it back to where they start out one and three. You know, now they're heading in the right direction. Well, you want to kind of keep that going want to keep the momentum going I don't think this is a all or nothing kind of game but I think it's important for their confidence and and then moving forward I think there's a good stretch to kind of see where we are right now but if they turn the ball over 19 times we're still going to be talking about the same thing no fair fair David Wesley from Fox Sports New Orleans with us here on a Wesley Wednesday hey last thing is this David I want to practice there's there's two questions I want to ask Coach Gentry this week, and I'm going to practice both of those questions on you, if that's okay. Okay, can I can I give you the real answer, or should I give you the, the, the everybody's watching answer? No, no, I want the real answer. <laughs> I want the real answer. Um, and right. I, and 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 if you don't think they're valid questions, I want to know that too, so then I don't ask Coach Gentry those questions. <laughs> so, okay, the first one has to do with the turnover situation that we've been talking about. Is it possible, David, that some of these turnovers are coming from, are you ready, actually passing too much? I know they want to get north of 300 passes in a game. I know he loves 25 assists, you know, north of that for a game. But are some of these turnovers coming from passing too much, if that makes any sense? Good question. And at times, yes. There are, there are guys in the game that are still not ready to shoot the ball. And there are shots there that they're passing up, and they're not passing up to get a, a better shot. They're passing up because they're not ready to shoot. They make the next pass. It's guarded. Now it's almost like a reset. It's a good mindset, but you also want those guys not to be scared. There's a couple of guys that are in some slumps that – they don't want to shoot the basketball, and you can't really have that. You want, and, and that's the difference between Darius Miller now. He's decisive. 
he's looking for his next shot. That's what happens when you're hot. When you're not, eh, you want to be a little more selective. Well, in being selective, you end up passing up some, an opportunity where you can drive the basketball and at least create movement that gets somebody a shot, not just moving the ball for the sake of moving it. So, And, of course, those turn into turnovers. Indecis- indecisiveness turns into turnovers. And that's what they're doing right now. Not sure, driving into trouble, overpassing, those kind of things. But, you know, hopefully they'll work that out. Good point. All right, good. I'll, I'll keep that question and I'll get Coach Gentry's take too. I have a feeling it's going to line up right with yours. Um, David, the, the last question is more of my concern about a particular pet peeve of mine. It's not quite on the same level as catching the ball and stepping on the sideline, which makes me want to go nuts. But I will say this, David. <laughs> it sure seems like the Pelicans are having a really hard time defending a baseline inbounds play. And it seems like every time a Pelicans opponent inbounds off the, you know, the offensive baseline, they're getting a, not only a bucket, but a pretty easy one at that. And I probably am blowing this out of proportion, or maybe I'm not. But is, is this a problem right now with this team? You know, it, it happens more than I remember happening, happening when, I, when I played. On any of the teams, I don't remember thinking or having the coach come in and say, this is a problem. Um, but teams get, seems like, two a game against the Pelicans, which, you know, I feel like is a lot. I know it's something that every team talks about. This is a no-no. We can't give up this, that, and the other. But, uh, and Joel screams about it every single time. It's a... And, and I've, I've seen teams almost, I've seen teams zone it so that you don't give that up. Were we zoning it because it was a problem? Or were we zoning it because that's the best way to guard it? I, I'm not sure. Um, and you know what? I would like to hear what Alvin has to say. Does he think it's a problem? Is it happening more than he's used to seeing? Because, you know, it's not something you really think about. And as a player, I never really thought about it. I guard my man. I don't want to give up a layup on an inbounds play, so um, I'd be curious to know what he thinks. Yeah, I'll ask. I don't know how I'm going to ask that without getting hit over the head, but <laughs> although he's he's very, yeah, might, very good. Yeah, it might make him mad. Nah. You might, might uh, scratch a scab right there. <laughs> I might. I might, but he's so good to us as far as being open and honest about those things. I'm going to ask, though, this week. I'm going to, I'm going to ask. So, um, and you know what? If I'm nitpicking on stuff like that, that must mean that things are going pretty well. Because otherwise, there'd be other things to talk about. But, you know, that's not a bad yeah, thing. Yeah, isn't it nice to win? Yeah, it really is. The incredible Hulk of our broadcast team, David Wesley, uh, on a Wesley Wednesday. <laughs> David, uh, we'll enjoy your broadcast tonight with Joel and Jen on Fox Sports New Orleans. I appreciate it, and uh, I'll see you at the gym later on today. Thank you. I will see you soon, my friend. Yes, sir. Another great Wesley Wednesday. David Wesley here with us. That's a great way to wrap up this midweek edition of the Black and Blue Report as well. Don't forget Pelicans and Raptors tonight, 7 o'clock. Pregame coverage on both the radio and the television at 6.30. There are tickets available at pelicans.com. It's a really fun opponent to watch. I like watching the Raptors play, So, and this is their only visit this year. Thanks to David. Thanks to Brian Baldinger as well. We had two great guests today. We'll look for you on Friday. Uh, Of course, there'll be a Facebook Live version of this Black and Blue Report. 
on Friday for you. We've got a couple surprises in store for you. But until then, we uh, hope that you uh, are, are following on NewOrleansSaints.com and, of course, uh, watching the Pelicans tonight as they wrap up this three-game homestand, a chance to sweep it here tonight at the Smoothie King Center. I'm Sean Kelly. Have a great rest of your Wednesday. We'll see you next time.